0: Hey history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with RetroPod, a show about the past, rediscovered. So, in our previous episode, I went to the museum at the CIA's super-secret headquarters and held a dead rat, one of the rats the CIA used during the Cold War as a vessel to exchange secret messages. A little crazy, a little gross, but hey, totally ingenious. Well,
1: We're back at the CIA Museum,
0: and I think I've got something that might top the rat.
1: The Liberator pistol, as it's known, was a pistol first developed by the Joint Psychological Warfare Committee in 1942. That's Robert Beyer. I'm CIA Museum director.
0: Unlike the rat, I wasn't allowed to hold the pistol. I'm not a very good shot, so that was probably for the best. So Beyer and I sat at a table looking at photos. It's old, very rusty, and appears able only to fire one shot. And I I guess that was the point of this pistol.
1: The idea was that they were going to uh, just drop them over Europe and resistance people would uh, grab them up and be able to uh, commit uh, sabotage and um, assassinations across Europe uh, and hopefully bring an end to World War II very quickly.
0: You heard that right. During World War II, the United States devised a plan to airdrop thousands of one-shot pistols to aid the resistance in Europe and Asia.
1: So the origin for this was actually um, a Polish officer who was uh, over here in the United States.
0: That officer told some U.S. intelligence officials the idea in March of 1942, about four months after the United States and Britain declared war on Japan.
1: The officials liked the thought of airdropping guns so much that it went all the way up to the White House that immediately approved it and put it into production.
0: The name of the gun, officially, was the FP-45, but it was nicknamed the Liberator Gun.
1: The idea was it would liberate a better gun for the person after they shot the person. They'd go get their gun and be able to use it and strip them of all their ammo and weapons and be able to uh, carry out bigger and better operations after that.
0: I had so many questions. They were going to drop them how? With little parachutes? I mean, like, how were they going to get them to the ground without A, firing and B, breaking and hitting somebody in the head?
1: Well, definitely at that time. They had perfected the art of dropping materiel into Europe. A lot of material was dropped off for French resistance members, especially in the days leading up to D Day.
0: Did they assume that people would know what to do with these things before they dropped them, or was there some effort on the ground as well to tell people, hey, these guns are going to be dropping from the sky?
1: They actually did a pictograph showing how the pistol would be used, how you would arm yourself with it. The idea was then the uh, people who picked it up would be able to go, go forth and use it pretty easily.
0: The White House might have loved the idea, but the military had to sign off too. General Dwight D. Eisenhower, the Supreme Commander of Allied Forces, was not as impressed.
1: Eisenhower took a look at these pistols and decided... I'm not going to use them.
0: Oh. It turns out Eisenhower thought there were better things to drop from U.S. warplanes to help win the war. Like, you know, bombs and stuff. But the single shot Liberator gun, it wasn't dead. The Office of Strategic Services, the precursor to the CIA, distributed them hand to hand to insurgents who supported the Allies during the war.
1: They gave some to Greek insurgents in 1944. They also used it in the Burma Theater, giving it to Chinese and Philippine insurgents in those theaters to use in the field. So those were more passed on to the insurgents rather than airdropped.
0: The CIA says they don't have good records of the gun's use, so it's difficult to say how much impact the weapon had in the end.
1: These are truthfully going to be used by insurgents in the field, and so they're not going to be reporting every time they're using it.
0: Most of the liberators were eventually melted down, and today, if you can get your hands on one, they are a collector's item. The important part of this story in history, though, it's almost less about the actual gun and more about the spirit of the times
1: they had a lot of brilliant minds who came up with really ingenious devices. They were making it up as they were going along. They really were throwing things at the wall and seeing what was going to stick. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks
0: for listening. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.